Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. We are live from Indianapolis, Indiana, site of the national championship game, Georgia and Alabama. We all know it's coming up. And as you can see right here over my shoulder, it'll be, I don't know how you guys are seeing me, but for me, it's over my right shoulder. For you guys, it's probably the left. That's Lucas Oil Stadium. That's where it's all going to go down. And uh, it's, uh, it's a big old football barn, basically. It's not a dome. Uh, it's indoors, but it's not a dome. It's, it's just a house. It's a big house for football. And uh, interested to see what it looks like on the inside and get in there, probably be in there about 26 hours from now. And we're just going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about kind of what we've seen in Indianapolis uh, thus far and uh, things of that nature. And Rusty, you got in yesterday. And uh, Kip, going to throw the same thing to you here in just a second. But you got in yesterday. What are you seeing? What's it like down here? What have you What have you thought about all this? I actually drove up, and you know, I thought about you know what seventy five to Nashville or twenty four to Nashville, sixty five basically the rest of the the way. And man, it was a ton of Georgia fans. I would imagine today, uh, talking to some of my buddies are on the road. You know, that's it's a ton of Georgia fans coming here. Uh, I, I would not be surprised. If this is not a seventy thirty split. To be honest with you, 60-40. I mean, based off what we've seen, uh, again, it doesn't matter because the game's not played in the stands. But and we saw that in 2018. You know, there was a lot. There was a lot more Georgia fans than Alabama. I, I thought, but uh, you know, if people ask about that, so uh, there's there's definitely a ton of Georgia fans here. You know, we saw the streets last night, and uh, you know, everywhere, everywhere. I went down to the lobby this morning and. Seems everywhere I'm at, and I'm not staying at a team hotel. This is the media hotel, so I mean, it's there's a ton of Georgia people here, man. Yeah, there are, and you know, you don't have to go very far back to figure out that the the split in the stands doesn't mean a whole lot because you looked in the fourth quarter of that SEC championship game, and uh, there weren't a ton of people left in that stadium because all the Georgia fans had left, mm-hmm. or, or a lot of them had, and you could tell when that happened that 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 was a primarily Georgia crowd. This one looks like it's going to be the same. Uh, there was primarily a Michigan crowd at the, uh, at the Orange Bowl, and Georgia kind of took care of business there. So, Kip, what's your, what's your thoughts on Indianapolis thus far, the energy, the vibe? Well, it's, it's pretty brisk. I'll tell you that much. I think uh, I, I – hey, You I, guys I, should have been here on Friday. I am telling you what. I got backhanded in the face by, by Father Cold. It was, well, it was the coldest temperatures I've ever felt. I, I kind of uh, got the brunt of it in, in, in Louisville. I, I had the pit stop in Louisville on the way here, and I'm going to tell you, that, that was rough. It was rough out there in the streets. The, the town was kind of quiet, and I could see why. I mean, there was a ton of snow dumped on, you know, Nashville all the way up to, through Kentucky. 
And so that kind of set me up. It actually is a little bit warmer here than it was in, in Louisville, but still, once you start seeing a, you know, a one or a two is the first number in the temperature. It's it's just a, a different atmosphere than you know we're used to as far as covering Georgia and probably most national championship you know uh, fans. It's 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 definitely different. Uh, I like the setup as far as uh, everything's pretty walkable. I mean that. That skywalk is super clutch. I'll tell you that much so far. But I think Rusty, you know, he's right. It's it's definitely flipped from Miami so far. It's sixty to seventy percent Georgia fans out there, and I mean, why wouldn't it be? Because you know, one fan base has obviously experienced, uh, you know, being on the winning end of this several times, and the other fan base just want to know what it feels like. So I mean, it makes sense that once again Georgia would travel for a big game like this. And I think, you know, it's kind of just that that slow buildup right now. That's, you know, the, the slow calm before the storm. I know that probably a lot of people are starting to get, you know, the, the nerves are starting to catch up to a lot of people. But I think, I mean, everyone's been enjoying themselves. Uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of good food, a lot of good eating to be had here. And uh, the restaurant selection is definitely championship level. Yeah, it's a it's a cool place. Uh, like I said, the weather hasn't been amazing, but um, you know I was here in September of 2017 before Georgia played uh, Notre Dame, and uh, it was a lot more walkable, a lot more you know to get out and do. Um, and it's it's a cool place, and these people definitely know how to host you. I mean, they definitely know how to do this type of thing. All the Final Four stuff they've done here. Uh, all you know, this is the convention capital of the United States, basically, and you can tell why. Like Kip said, their tunnels, their you know, their skywalks, there's all sorts of stuff uh, to get where you're going. I went for a little little jog run first thing this morning, and I uh, got my first big city splash. Uh, dude just hit a puddle and just went. I'm talking about all over, you know, from head to toe, and uh, I had to traipse back into this real nice hotel, soaking wet. Uh, but yeah, the energy's been pretty cool here, especially with the weather. Uh, you know, last night, um, you know, I was out for just a little bit and, you know, saw some, you know, there was some there was some bars rocking and rolling, see some Georgia fans, even in some, in some rainy weather, kind of up and down the street and uh, interested to see, uh, you know, kind of how this game goes. And let's break that part of it down. And, you know, Rusty, we saw this. We saw these two teams almost exactly out of the, as they are. Georgia's probably a little healthier than they were in the SEC championship game. Alabama, maybe a little, you know, lack health you know a little below average as far as health goes how do you what has been your kind of prevailing thought day after day as you've thought about this game you know i'm not really a baseball guy i love the braves i watch the braves but as far as getting to analysis of baseball i don't try to, to, to act like somebody i'm not but i look at this game as facing a number one pitcher i mean you faced him for seven innings already you know, how do you adjust the second time you see this guy? You know, when you look at Bryce Young and you look at Alabama's game plan, I mean, you got a whole uh, you got a whole tape of how they successfully, you know, got into you pretty good. They got into a defense that nobody else has been. So, you know, Georgia has to make adjustments. You can't bring the same game plan to face a number one pitcher and expect different results because he'll he'll do what he's done to you before. So both schools are going to make a few changes. Uh, I do agree that. You know, Mechie, the game was a little bit different when John Mechie was out. And then you look at Job not playing as far, you know, a corner. So you got some 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 experience there that's there that's not going to be there for Alabama. But, you know, I think, Jake, it comes down to um, Georgia's got to score points. They're not going to 
they're not going to suffocate Alabama. They're not going to smother Alabama because they got too many weapons and they got a quarterback that's playing right now at a, at a high level. So Georgia's got to score points. The offense played tremendous against Michigan, but this will be a different type of uh, you know scheme against them. Obviously, with a dy- uh, you know a dynamic pass rusher and, and a defensive line. So for me, it's how the adjustments are made. Can they get pressure on Bryce Young? And you know, do they win some 50-50 battles? out on the edge and, and you know Brock Bowers I think somebody said he got 16 targets was that correct he had 16 targets in the first game 60 Jake's on mute right there but 16 targets uh, yeah I believe it was 15 but yeah 15 targets so yeah. uh you know you got you know you got to get the ball to Bowers you know George Pickens has got to make some plays in here you got to win some 50-50 battles out on the edge uh, and the last thing I'll say real quick is Georgia's got to tackle Brian Robinson. They got to, they're playing a healthy Brian Robinson. This is a guy that gets a lot of yards after contact. So can they shut the running game down? And and really, we can break this thing down a million times, but there's a tremendous amount of pro Sunday players on both teams. It's going to come down to individual battles. Can Jordan Davis win his battle? Can Devontae Wyatt win his battle? You know, can Trayvon Walker play like he did against Michigan? Can they get pressure to Bryce Young, I think, is the most important thing from the Georgia perspective going into this game because if they don't get pressure on Bryce Young, they're not beating Alabama again. There's no doubt about it. And one of the questions I have is, do you sacrifice, and I've never seen Georgia do this under Kirby Smart. They don't, this is something they don't do. Do you sacrifice a little bit of that gap control and run defense to maybe take some shots on early downs? Because Alabama, you look at the first time around, they really kind of abandoned the RPO and the play action stuff. They just dropped back and threw it. They yeah. just, you know, they put him in a three, five step drop and they said, sling it. Can Georgia, will Georgia take some chances on those early downs and try to get pressure when Alabama's trying to throw in run situations and maybe make themselves a little bit more vulnerable to the run uh, and, and kind of live with it? A, a little bit because that's something that Georgia just doesn't do uh, very often. Kip, same question to you. Prevailing thought throughout this whole week, throughout the whole, I guess, nine days between this and Michigan game about this Georgia-Alabama uh, rematch? Uh, well, there's there's not really a huge personnel difference in this game, and I think you look back at the other game, I don't think it was really a, a coaching game plan. I think, you know, a lot of people are wondering why Georgia didn't bring more pressure. Why did Georgia not do what LSU or Auburn did against uh, Alabama. And I just don't really think it was, you know, it was really a game plan issue. It was just the execution of the guys in the field. I mean, we keep going back to the fact that there are several blown coverages out there, you know, and, and the fact that they have the players and the personnel to, to be able to get pressure on Bryce Young. It, it really boils down to, you know, can these guys live up to their, their billing and, and play up to their potential? And that, that's really what has to happen in this game in order for Georgia to win. I think Georgia is going to uh, sell out more to put pressure on Bryce Young because it's really the only way Georgia's defense is, is able to slow him down. I mean, if, if, he, if he's able to, to stay there and stay in the clean pocket, he's just going to pick Georgia apart. And I think Alabama is going to try to use a quick passing game again to keep Georgia's defensive personnel on the field. They're going to run a, you know, just to, they're going to keep their same wideouts out there and, and try to use the passing game as their run game to, to, to get down the field and, and to keep Bryce Young from having to make any uh, decisions under pressure. For, so for, for Georgia, I mean, you're going to have to, to dial it up a little bit more and just be okay with whatever the results are. So in that situation, I mean, it, it comes down to Georgia's personnel getting home. Nolan Smith, I mean, he, he, he brought it up himself. I mean, 
that pivotal play in the SC Championship game, him not, you know, falling on the ball before Bryce Young's able to get it. That's one of those plays that you cannot miss. Those opportunities aren't going to come a lot because even when Bryce Young is pressured, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the country in that situation. He just comes down a notch from maybe being a Superman, you know, just being a really, really good quarterback. And But that's that's what Georgia needs to happen. They need to bring him down a notch to be able to, to keep pace with them and to be able to stay on schedule for their own offense. One thing I want to bring up before we go into a break, a uh, guy on our board, Law Dog, I think Law Dog 49 is his name. He brought up a thing about John Mechie that kind of, you know, resonated with me. Uh, you know, John Mechie had 94, 97 yards in that first half uh, against Georgia. And like Rusty said, Georgia had a lot more success against Alabama in that second half. It was really that first drive where Alabama dialed up a uh, dialed up a double move to Jamison Williams, and then that was basically it for the scoring in the second half for Alabama on offense. I think they put together a field goal drive. Um, but John Mechie, I think losing him maybe hurts Alabama in a different way, and it's that, that extension of the run game, the screen game, the swing passes – uh, he's a really good blocker. He's a really physical football player. And, you know, I hate that he's hurt. I really do. But we have to talk about how that impacts this game. And uh, that's something that I think might, you know, change a little bit in this game. Maybe it's a little tougher for Alabama to extend that run game with passes behind the line of scrimmage. And that's something that I've been thinking about, uh, you know, here you know, in the last few hours since he posted that because that really brought up a really good point, I thought. Uh, let's take a break. Smoke them if you got them. And uh, we'll come back on the other side. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, I want to answer a question here real quick. Kenneth Clayton says, is the no huddle offense concerning for Georgia? It's concerning if you can't get stops. I mean, it's concerning if you can't get off the football field. Listen, I hear all the time, and it's kind of frustrating because, you know, I feel like football falls out of being a team game these days with everybody kind of having an opinion and wanting somebody to blame. Um, if a defense is struggling to get – if a defense loses time of possession and it's tired, you can bet they paid, played a role in that. More often than not, they played a role in that by not getting third down stops. You can't just skip, sit there and give them up and if, give them up and give them up. Um, so, you know, that's something that Georgia's going to have to do in this game. I didn't think the no huddle was that big of a deal in the first matchup. I see a lot of people bringing it up. I think at the end of the day, Georgia was just busting coverages uh, when they had a chance to get off the field on three downs or, or they had a chance to get off the field on five downs, and you can't do that. You're hurting yourself there, and there's nothing the offense can do for you in that particular situation. 
Uh, it can extend its own drives and help you out, and Georgia didn't do the greatest job of that either. But the defense plays a role in getting itself off the field on third down and, and preventing uh, the ability to, to, you know, preventing the, the other team's ability uh, to wear you down. Um, all right, guys, time to make picks. And Kip, you're up. What you got? All right, let's go. Well, uh, I mean, you bring up a great point. Obviously, third down for, for, for Georgia, get, getting that defense off the field. I mean, the time of possession, they had over – Georgia had the ball over 30 minutes in that game. I mean, I mean, that's what you want. You, uh, they had the opportunities, but you can't let Alabama go 7-14 on third down. And obviously, you, you cannot have two trips to the red zone and not come away with points. I mean, that's, that's crucial for this game. So, uh, you know, I really think that – they're going to stick with the the offensive game plan that got them there, which is really winning on first and second down. I mean, you put Stetson Bennett in situations where he's able to make plays on first and second down, you know, all, all is going to be well in the world for Georgia's offense. I think this is going to be a big game where for Jermaine Burton, I think he's the guy that I think really steps up in this game because like we said, both teams are going to make adjustments. Uh, you know, I think Alabama, they, they they knew what Brock Bowers could do going into that game, and he, he still did it anyway. He's going to make a couple plays. But I think they are going to you – know, I mean, they're going to make sure that, that they have more coverage on him, more uh, responsibility. And it's going to open it up for Jermaine Burton. It's, it's really – Stetson's got to be able to see the field, got to be able to see Jermaine Burton getting open because I, I think he's got the ability to get open multiple times in this game. The matchups are there for them. So I think he has an opportunity to have a big game. I mean, it might not be over 100 yards, but, hey, if he has six or seven catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns, uh, it probably means that, uh, you know, Georgia's doing pretty well offensively. And I He's think probably the MVP. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those games where I think the over-under was like 51-52. It's right around there. I think maybe they have a slide over, but I don't think either game, either team gets to 30 in this game. I got Georgia winning this game 28-24. I think if you can keep Alabama to kicking a field goal here or there, uh, you know, that's a win for you offensively. And it's, it's really going to come down to those third downs. Nolan Smith's got to get home uh, in this game. Uh, so does uh, Jalen Carter. I think those are guys that are going to, you know, be primed for big gains because, you know, they weren't able to to get to them and bring them down in, in, in that last game. So I think they have some success this time. Georgia's still the more talented team in this game. It's just it's all about going out there and executing. Rusty, where do you want to go? You want to go last? You want to go now? No, man. I don't want to mess your pickup. Yeah, I think we're going to be different on this one. Um, the you know you think more about this game and uh, these guys are competitors. These guys are alpha males. You know the, the top of the top players and from both teams, obviously. And um, this is clearly the two best teams in the country this year. They're going to meet for a second time. You know, you look at Georgia and everything. You start talking about all these guys. Jordan Davis came back. You know. Uh, Devontae Wyatt came back. I mean, these guys came back for a game like this. They actually came back to the SEC Championship. I'm not trying to diminish that game, but they got whipped. And, and they got whipped. And, and they got ran out of the building in, in their own state. Um, so when I look at stuff like that, and life is you know, with competitors just like that sometimes. You're not going to win every one. It's how you react afterwards. How do you, how do you react? And what I saw out of Georgia versus Michigan – was a domination of a focused football team. Jake, you and I both heard the things to where there wasn't great practices before Christmas. Uh, so I was thinking, man, is this team, 
Did they check out? You know, did they check out after the Alabama loss? Did it deflate them? Did it take life out of them? Because we kept hearing things were not looking well. They all of a sudden they get to Miami, they get a little juice, get energy. The game gets closer to, and, and this Georgia team was extremely focused. I feel like that carries over. And I feel like you get a team that gets a second chance and you very, you don't get a second chance a lot of times in sports. And they're going to get a second chance at this team. And in this game, you know, people keep asking me, how in the world is Georgia favored? You know, Alabama or Georgia, neither one have anything to do with that spread. They, th those spreads are made uh, by experts for sure. You look at those buildings in Vegas and they know what they're doing. Now they do miss from time to time, but I agree with Kip on paper. This is a more talented team because I'll tell you right now, this is a very young Alabama team. Next year, they are going to be, you know what to deal with. Uh, and they've already picking up players in the portal. You know, if Georgia's going to get the win and kind of end this streak, uh, it, to me, it's tomorrow. Uh, I think things are lined up pretty well for them. They're healthy. Uh, they've seen an Alabama game plan against them, and I know that they're going to tweak some things. Alabama obviously will. But at the end of the day, you were successful doing certain things. So I go back and look at that Georgia-Auburn game and how Georgia adjusted in that SEC championship and some of the things they did there. So I just think the advantage – on some of those things are with Georgia. I love Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is a absolute superstar. Uh, I think Mel Kiper said yesterday, if he were to come out this year, he'd be the number one pick in the draft. And I don't doubt that at all. I mean, this guy's best playing days are still ahead of him. So uh, they got to get to him. Uh, we'll see what Dan Lanning and those guys have, have dialed up. I loved uh, before the Michigan game, I loved the matchup of Jermaine Burton on the outside. Uh, I, I have a feeling in this game, uh, and you got to. If George Pickens is healthy, it's time to get him touches. And I'm not talking about a 30-yard bomb and a three-yard out. I'm talking about six or eight touches and let this guy make plays and do what he does because they're going to have a lot of focus on Brock Bowers. You know, can George Pickens be that guy? Jermaine Burton certainly is going to have their attention. So we'll see. Darnell Washington was kind of a mismatch with their linebackers last game, caught a couple balls. So to me, the one thing that worries me a little bit if I'm Georgia facing Bama this time, it's Brian Robinson because I'm telling you, man, he's physical. And and they're going to have to get him to the ground. Um, and, and we'll see. I think Georgia needs to stick with a run a little bit more this time. Uh, Stetson Bennett, um, you know, he made, I think, one really, really bad throw in that game and uh, last time and had a couple balls that were not accurate. But other than that, this is your guy. He gives you your best opportunity. Uh, he has every opportunity in the world to has all the confidence in the world coming off that Michigan game. So he's seen Alabama too. I know people don't want to hear this, but it's going to be a, another nail biter to me. I mean, it could come down to a last possession. It could come down to a kick. Uh, I just, I just think things this time are lining up a little bit different to get that second look at Alabama in one season, which is very rare. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia 31, Alabama 30. It's a close one. That's a close one. That'll be a fun one to cover. Um, listen, I, I like this Georgia team a lot. I really do. Um, I like this Georgia team even more uh, after kind of the way they bounce back against Michigan. Um, I like the intangibles for Georgia going into this game, the rematch, the humiliation, the hurt they felt last time. I think all that's going to be fresh. But I go back to 2012. First Georgia game, first Georgia-Alabama game I ever picked because it was the first Georgia-Alabama game I was ever in the media for. The 2012 Georgia-Alabama SEC Championship game, I picked Georgia. 15 at home, I picked Georgia. 17, 
18, 20, pick mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Alabama this time. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's – listen, maybe I'm doing you a favor, okay? <laughs> maybe I'm doing you guys a favor. <laughs> maybe, maybe this, maybe the 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 I have the same juju on the on the on the on the dogs as I do the Braves. Braves. Um. So uh, I, you know, listen. I need to see it. I need to see Georgia continue to land punches. You know, in four quarters. The thing that stands out to me in this game. Listen, I know this is not necessarily an indicator of things to come, but we've seen it four times now. Alabama has outscored Georgia forty-one to seven in the fourth quarter. Um, Georgia's led. For a large portion of, if you put the minutes together, Georgia has led for a large portion of those four games. But Alabama has outscored Georgia 41 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Georgia's got to flip that script. Until they do, I'm just not necessarily going to buy into it. I said after the SEC championship game privately, if Georgia played them again, uh, I wasn't going to pick Georgia. And I'm just going to stick to that. Uh, I'm going to say the exact same score that Kip said, just different teams. Georgia, uh, I'm sorry, Alabama 28, Georgia 24. But I will say this, if Georgia wins this football game, not going to surprise me, but if it, if Georgia wins this football game, it's going to be one of two guys, Nolan Smith or Trayvon Walker, having a big game. And I think that's going to, especially if Georgia holds them, if, if Georgia holds them to, you know, t- in the 20s, one of those guys is going to have a very good football game. And I think that's going to be it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to say I'm doing you Georgia fans a favor. Um, you know, I'm a Georgia graduate. This is a job now. I'm, I'm kind of like, boy, Stetson Bennett hit it on the head the other day when he talked about being a player and how, you know, being a fan goes out the door. Listen, when you're a reporter, same thing happens. You, you, you just kind of, the fan just, you know, seeps right out of you. Um, you know, and obviously I'd love to see Georgia win this game. Uh, you know, I'd love to cover a national championship football team and to see all the people that subscribe to us and listen to this podcast and listen to this and view this live YouTube show, be happy. I'd love to see that. Uh, and maybe that happens. Maybe I've, I've given you some, the reverse curse, the, the, the juju, or whatever you need to come out on top in this game. But um, I do think Georgia's going to need a very good pass rush, and it's going to have to be a one-on-one type deal. There's going to have to be, like Rusty said, some guys are going to have to win battles up front. Georgia's got guys capable of doing that. Um, All right, guys, before we let you go, it's the last time before the last game. Anything you want to say? It's here. It's been a great season. Um, I did a radio interview this morning and talked about Georgia. And where Georgia is as a program, I don't know that I don't know that Georgia's ever had five years like this, what they've won. Now, they did win a national championship in 1980, but the amount of games they've won, they've won a Rose Bowl, they've won an Orange Bowl, they won a Sugar Bowl, they won a New Year's Day Six Bowl. I mean, this is just year, what, six of Kirby Smart, year five, what, whatever, six. year six, yeah, season six. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Georgia to win a national championship, but the direction this program is going and what they've done, there's only one team – they got to beat. They got a chance to do it tomorrow night again. But if you take back, you take a step back and look what Kirby Smart has done. I don't know that Georgia's ever had five years like this. The wins and, and things like this. This is this is uh, Georgia's roster is built. So this isn't a one and done. But they've got to they've got to beat that team that they have not been able to yet. Absolutely, Kip. Anything? Yeah, I mean uh, Kirby Smart's forty six years old. Uh, they just added another. Uh, addition to the the recruiting class over the weekend officially in Ernest Green, a top 50 offensive tackle. That was a huge need in the class. You look at the the class they got coming in, and obviously they're going to have some guys leave in the portal. They're going to get some guys in the portal, and they'll probably have, what, 10 to 12 guys drafted off this year's team. But 
I mean, that's that's the recipe. Uh, the blueprint is locked in, and, and Kirby has this program rolling. So I know that tomorrow's game is obviously the only thing people are thinking about right now, but I think you, you got to sit back and look and say, we had two title shots in five years, and we're set up to have more title shots in the next five years. And so for, for, for Georgia, this is exactly what you want. It, it really is about going out there and executing and sticking to their game plan. I, I think Georgia's got the roster to do that this year. They're set up as well as they can be to win this game against Alabama, and they're set up as well as any program in the country to continue to play in this game moving forward. Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, you know, I know the pain, if it doesn't work out for you, is going to be bad. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Uh, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot more good than bad with Georgia football right now and a heck of a football season, and it'll all come to a head tomorrow night, 8.15 Eastern time inside of that dome right there behind me. Not that dome, that football barn right there behind me. Uh, but for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7, the Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. From the same place, y'all take it easy.